This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning. This is Sport Today, your weekday sports news podcast that puts you ahead of the game. I'm Sam Ferris. And I'm Danny Kavanagh. It's Friday the 2nd of July. In your Sport Today, the Aussie big guns advance at Wimbledon. A Tour de France fan is arrested. A huge change for college athletes. And the Instagram rich list. This is your Sport Today. Danny, we start at the All England Club in Wimbledon, where it's been a very good day for Australia. Vash Barty and Nick Kyrgios both progressing. Yeah, it was smooth sailing for our big name Aussie Sam. Barty was up first on centre court and beat Russia's Anna Blinkova in straight sets. Coming off a five-set thriller in the first round, Kyrgios knocked out Italian Gianluca Maga 7-6, 6-4, 6-4 to advance, and he'll be joined by two other Aussies in the third round, Jordan Thompson and James Duckworth, both winners on Thursday. Alex Bolt was the only Aussie not to progress. He lost to hometown hero Cameron Norrie, who now faces a big task. Yeah, and that task goes by the name of Roger Federer, the eight-time champion who beat Frenchman Richard Gasquet in straight sets. Most of the top seeds advanced except for Ukraine number three seed Alina Svitolina and number 12 seed Victoria Azarenka. Both of those women are on Barty's side of the draw with only four of the top 10 seeds remaining. We're unbiased on this podcast, Danny, but uh, come on, Ash. Of course, we're going for Ash. Danny, all week we've been talking about hubs and schedules and the coronavirus The pandemic has thrown up plenty of challenges, but it looks like this weekend's fixtures are locked in. With those in Melbourne, sport for choice. That's right, Sam, particularly MCC members. After the AFL confirmed the Fremantle-Carlton game will be played as part of a doubleheader at the MCG on Saturday night. The game was moved from Perth to Melbourne, no surprises why, and will start at 7.40pm following the Demons and Giants game at 1.45 in the Arvo. The Crows and Lions will play at the Adelaide Oval while the Thunderbirds host the Magpies on Sunday in Adelaide after approval from the South Australian Government. The other three matches in Round 9 of Super Network will be played at Melbourne's John Kane Arena. All the NRL games are set to go ahead as scheduled, but with reduced crowds because of, you know, COVID. Last night, the Melbourne Storm demolished the Sydney Roosters 46-0 in Newcastle. You'd be pretty happy with that result, Danny? Oh, you better believe it, Sam, because it was the 10th time this season the Storm has scored 40 points in a match, and as a Storm supporter, that's music to my ears. While it was a blowout in the NRL, it was anything but in the AFL, with the Suns causing perhaps the upset of the season with a 10-point win over reigning Premier's Richmond. The Suns have struggled in recent times, while Richmond, who are three of the last four flags, have now lost three on the bounce and could slip outside the top eight. Yeah, I saw one headline that read Sun Believable, which I think pretty much sums up the match. Uh, this weekend, Hawks veteran Sean Burgoyne will play his 400th game when he runs out against Port Adelaide, the club where he started his career and played nine seasons before switching to Hawthorne in 2010. He's the first Indigenous player to reach the milestone in what is an exclusive club. Today's trivia question, Danny, how many have played 400 BFL slash AFL games? Got any idea? I have a, I have an idea. I think I know the answer to this one. It's single digits. Let's give a clue. Okay. Nice clue on a Friday. Uh, stay tuned for the end of the episode for the answer. 
One of the big talking points in the first week of La Tour de France has unfortunately been the crashes, starting in the first stage when a woman holding a cardboard sign caused a huge pile-up. That woman became a wanted person in France, and with the French police on the hunt, she's turned herself in. She has, Sam. If you haven't seen it, the woman was holding a sign with Granny and Grandad written on it in German up to the TV cameras, not looking at the oncoming peloton and a German rider, Tony Martin, who collided with the woman, causing one of the biggest crashes in Tour de France history. So bad was the incident, Tour de France officials said they're going to make an example out of the spectator and sue her. The French police were doing some contact tracing of their own before the woman turned herself in and was arrested. Yeah, some of the riders who were impacted in the crash are considering suing her too. It's certainly going to set a precedent. The whole tour protested against unruly fans in stage four, standing still and riding slowly together before returning to racing. A high-speed crash resulted in a broken collarbone for Aussie sprinter Caleb Ewan, but no fans were involved in that one. As for the race itself, Dutchman Matteo van der Poel holds the yellow jersey, while Mark Cavendish won his 32nd stage overnight is now just too shy of Eddie Merck's overall record. For more than 50 years, college athletes in the US have not been able to make money off their fame, but that is no longer the case. It's being regarded as one of the biggest changes in the history of college sports, with some 460,000 athletes now able to make the big bucks. Talk us through it, Danny. This is really significant, Sam. So basically, college sports are run by the National Collegiate Athletic Association, or the NCAA, which has been around for more than 100 years and has kept college athletes amateurs, meaning they could not get paid for playing sport outside of scholarships. But for decades, universities have been raking in the cash from their name, image, or likeness. Think things like merchandise of their athletes who made nada. The change comes after the Supreme Court ruled that the NCAA's restrictions were illegal. And with the writing on the wall, the NCAA decided to finally allow athletes to make bank off their fame. It means athletes can now sign endorsements, sell autographs and profit off their social media. There's going to be some rich college kids soon, Sam, and I'm jealous. Yeah, me too, Danny. Uh, College athletes still won't get paid but can now at least sign an agent and make some money based on their celebrity status. You could also keep athletes in college for longer instead of leaving early for the pros to start making money. To get some scale on just how big college sports is in the States, the NCAA regulates around 1,200 institutions and makes about the same revenue each year as the AFL and all its clubs, which is around $1.5 billion pre-pandemic. Danny, it's a huge weekend for our football fans who might turn nocturnal with the quarterfinals of the Euros taking place in the wee hours here in Australia. There are four big matches. Danny, tell us who is playing, when and where. Okay, Sam, I've got the full rundown. So on Saturday morning at 2am, it's Spain up against Switzerland in St. Petersburg. At 5am the same day, it's Italy taking on Belgium in Munich. On Sunday, it's Czech Republic and Denmark squaring off in the Azerbaijan capital of Baku at 2am, before all English fans will be tuning in at 5am to watch England take on Ukraine in Rome. All those times are Australian Eastern time and fans in Australia can watch it on Optus Sport. You going to get up and watch, Sam? Danny, let's say the 5am games are more a chance than the 2am ones. Don't forget there will be a new overall winner after 2016 finalists Portugal and France were eliminated last round. 
Danny, a list of the highest paid Instagram influencers has been released, topped by Portugal footballer Cristiano Ronaldo, who makes an obscene amount of money for a sponsored post. Yeah, how does a lazy 2.1 million Australian dollars sound? Ronaldo has 308 million Instagram followers, slightly more than you and I, Sam, and beat out Dwayne The Rock Johnson for the top spot with singer Ariana Grande in third. Social media marketing firm Hopper HQ compiled the list with only one other sports person in the top 10, footballer Lionel Messi, who gets around $1.5 million for a sponsored post. Far out, Danny. We are in the wrong job. Uh, you know what? We'll put a link in the episode notes. So you can see the top 10. There's a Kardashian and a few Jenners in that list. Danny, on Friday, we give the listeners our Friday Fearless forecast. And today I'm going to pick the winners of the four Euro quarterfinals. You ready? Write these down. Spain, Belgium, Czech Republic, and England. What do you got, Danny? I'm going to hold you to those tips, Sam, but I'm looking at the AFL and picking the Hawks to beat Port on Saturday night. Destiny has aligned Sean Burgoyne's historic 400th AFL game to a contest with his first club, Port Adelaide, and I think the emotion of the game will see Hawthorne pull off an upset and do it for the great man. Nice. Speaking of Sean Burgoyne, a trivia question for today. How many players have played 400 AFL-VFL games the answer, as you said, is single figures. It's four. Sean Bogoin will be the fifth. And those on the list, Brent Harvey, Michael Tuck, Kevin Bartlett, and Dustin Fletcher. It's a, it's a pretty exclusive club. Some big names in there, Danny. Yeah, it's one I would love to be a part of. And just a quick one. Yesterday, some of you might have heard that Nick Kyrgios' best finish at Wimbledon was the fourth round. It was, in fact, the quarter finals. I was a little bit wrapped up in him beating Rafa Nadal in the fourth round back in 2014. All right, that's it from us here at Sport Today. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next week.